Today on Better News Radio with Pastor Ricky Alcantad. Church, I think that's the best image I can come up with to describe what God does for his children. That when God sees his children leaning fully on him, saying, I have nowhere else to go. I have nowhere else to turn. I am all in with you, Lord. If you don't help me, I have no other hope. And God's response is to lean in toward them and cover them in the shadow of his wings. Open God, oh my soul, he is strong and he is strong to save. Open God, he's a rock and you hide in place. He's a mighty fortress. Have you ever encountered a challenge in life that leaves you on the verge? It affects your emotions as well as breaking you mentally. Difficulties often creep in when you choose to walk in God's path, even if you are a believer. You might even start to doubt God's judgment. Today, Pastor Ricky explains how God shields you under his protection. You can always cry out to God for assistance when you have nowhere else to turn, and you can trust that he will always keep you safe from all danger. Now let's join Pastor Ricky in the book of Ruth, chapter three, as he continues his message, The Posture of Kindness. We're meant to see that Boaz, as a redeemer, as a provider, as a protector, as a helper, Boaz is a vivid picture of the kindness of God. We're meant to see Boaz as a godly man, but more than that, we're meant to see Boaz as a picture of God and his kindness. Now, in this most vulnerable moment for Ruth, notice how he acts toward her, not in manipulation, not in taking advantage of her, nor does he mock her and reject her. This vulnerable moment for Ruth. Imagine this moment as as Ruth speaks this, you know. She's going further than her mother-in-law told her to go. She's saying, please, cover me with your wings. Be my redeemer. Be our family's redeemer. And imagine the moment, I'm sure, hung in the air for a second, because remember, Boaz just woke up, right? This is the sequence for Boaz, okay? First of all, his feet are cold. He turns over. There's a strange figure in the dark. The strange figure pops up. It's a lady. He, the lady seems familiar, but he, he's like, and then she announces, it's Ruth. Like, oh, it's Ruth. I love Ruth. And then Ruth proposes. This is the sequence of events for Boaz, right? He could be forgiven for saying, you know, give me a minute. Let, you know. <laughs> Let, let me get back to you tomorrow. I need to wake up, get some coffee, and think about this. But Boaz's response, look at that phrase, I will do for you all that you ask. Do not fear. I will do for you all that you ask. That is his response. Ruth is fully leaning on him, as it were, and Ruth is wondering what his posture is going to be back, and Boaz's response is that he fully leans toward Ruth. In fact, it reveals in many ways that he has always been fully leaning towards Ruth. He does not care in this moment that she is a Moabite. He does not care that she is an outsider, that she is a widow, that she's already had a previous husband, that she is poor, that she has no station in life. He fully embraces her and says, all that you ask, I will do. All of it, I will do. And in that phrase, I think, church, we are meant to see a glimmer, a picture, a foreshadowing of the kindness of God toward his people. And the image, oh, the image that Ruth uses and the fact that Boaz embraces it 
says so much. He doesn't talk her down. He doesn't bargain her down. He doesn't say, okay, listen, you're asking for marriage. You're asking for me to cover you. You're asking for me to redeem you, as we'll talk much more about next week. I'm asking for all these things. I can do a little bit. What if I give you and Naomi some grain for a while? Or what if you come into my household as a maidservant? I don't know about marriage. I want to keep my options open. No, he, he fully embraces her. And he embraces this image of spreading his wings over someone. And that's what's going on with the blanket, by the way. Okay, in case anybody's wondering, what is the deal with the blanket? You know, what's, uncover his feet with the blanket. What's going, essentially, what, what Ruth is saying is this blanket is a picture of Boaz's protection. And she's asking that it be extended over her, right? This is remarkable that Boaz's response is yes. All that you ask, I will do. You, yes, I will cover under my protection. Remember, he is a man of considerable resources, has a lot of servants, has a lot of wealth. Apparently, as we'll see next week, has a high reputation in the community, has a standing in the the area and the land. And he says, all that I am, all that I have, I will use toward you. I will use to cover you. Look, the best way I I can describe this you got to stick with me here, is, is last year, and I've talked, to, talked about this uh, some, but last year when my son Ford had uh, significant kidney issues uh, for a number of months um, and had continued to have concerning lab results, right at the beginning of COVID, his uh, nephrologist recommended that we biopsy his kidney uh, because he was concerned that he had a very rare condition that would lead to kidney failure uh, in a number of years if he had this particular condition. And so there's an atmosphere of fear. <laughs> we show up at the hospital, and you know, normally El Paso Children's Hospital is fun, and there's like a play area. I remember showing up to it that morning. There are like guards with guns and a tent, and it, it looks like, I mean, it looked like a movie. There, and it was dead silent in the hallways. And so we're we're marching up with him and he's being brave. And so they do the kidney biopsy, but the anesthesia that they, he has to stay overnight, the anesthesia that they gave him has a particular effect. It makes him uh, sleepless and agitated. So he's restless and he's sleepless. And and even as we go into the night, he's unable to sleep. And you could just tell, and I, I could tell some of it was the anesthesia and some of it was just the fear that everybody that walks into his room was wearing a mask. You know, for the first time in his life, he can't see anybody's face. And and all of this. And so finally, you know, I'm trying to get him to sleep. I'm trying to do these things. We're reading the Bible. We're listening to his bedtime playlist. We're doing all this stuff. And finally, he just looks up at me and says, Dad, can you sleep with me? Meaning, can you get into the, the hospital bed with me? And I'm looking at the hospital bed. And I'm like, I don't, and I just said, okay. And so we, we, we had to, he had an IV and he's got, you know, monitors connected to him. So I'm trying to push him over to the side. I'm trying to crawl in next to him. And I, and I remember that there was like a physical change that came over him when I got into the bed with him and put my arm around him because he felt, and he did, listen, what he thought was not true, but what he thought was that my dad is here and even in a scary, uncertain world, he will not let anything bad happen to me. And he fell asleep in church. I think that's the best image I can come up with to describe what God does for his children. That when God sees his children leaning fully on him, saying, I have nowhere else to go. I have nowhere else to turn. I am all in with you, Lord. If you don't help me, I have no other hope. And God's response is to lean in toward them and cover them in the shadow of his wings. 
Boaz demonstrates this beautiful scriptural reality that is true of the Lord. And I'm not making this up. I want you to see this in scripture. What he does is the Lord illustrated. Psalm 36 verse seven says this, how precious is your steadfast love? And if you're wondering, wait, steadfast love, I thought that's what Ricky said. Chesed can also mean. When, when it's translated in Ruth, kindness, it's the same word. How precious is your kindness, O God? The children of mankind take refuge in the shadow of your wings. Psalm 91 verse four says, he will cover you with his pinions and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and buckler. Look, I wanna bring the guys back into the message because when I started talking about wings and like a bird covering a baby bird with their wings, a bunch of the guys were like, I'm out. I don't know about that. I don't know if I wanna be like a baby bird and God's like the mama bird and he's covering me. Okay, come back in. Another image is a shield and buckler, right? You can use it. The, the mama bird says something about the comfort and warmth of God's embrace. It's not just a cold embrace, but a shield and buckler says something about the strength and efficacy of his embrace. I mean, imagine that, that you're in the ancient world and you lose your shield and you are suddenly vulnerable and there are spears coming against you where all of, all of a sudden from behind you, your commanding officer comes in with his shield and plants it down in front of you and all the spears and arrows go thump and you know you're safe. And he throws his body over you to protect you. That is the image here. Psalm 57 verse one, which by the way, Psalm 57 verse one is written when Saul is hunting David down to kill him. This is what David says as he takes refuge in a cave. Be merciful to me, O God, be merciful to me. For in you, my soul takes refuge. In the shadow of your wings, I will take refuge till the storms of destruction pass by. Right, this image that there are storms everywhere. We've seen even this week the horrific devastation that storms can bring to our world. And so the picture is the world out there is full of storms and violence and tornadoes. And David finds, he happens to find one cave, one place to take refuge while the storms rage outside where he will be safe. That is the image. And this is what God has done for his people from the beginning, from the history of his people to the end, from Abraham to Moses to Ruth to David to the exiles to the New Testament church. God has responded to every son or daughter who asks, will you cover me with a resounding, I will do all that you ask. He covers, and this is, this is the remarkable nature of this. He covers our sins that the picture of Boaz will be fully fulfilled in the Redeemer, Jesus Christ. We'll talk much more about this next week. But the picture of Jesus Christ as the Redeemer is he comes and pays our debts. The other image is that he covers our sins, that we, like Ruth, stand in our best clothes, but they're field clothes. They're torn, they're dirty, they have stains all over them. Our sin, our shame, and the Lord just covers it. And the other side of the image is against the death and the evil and the outside things coming into our So the stuff coming out of us, the Lord covers. The stuff coming from the outside toward us, the Lord covers that as well. He does this by dying in our place on the cross, covering us fully, raising to new life, rising to new life. This is what it means to be a redeemer. 
The work of Jesus covering his people, covering their sins, covering their injustice, covering their shame, and covering them to welcome them back to the embrace of the Father. And so here, here's where I'm going with this, church. I wanna ask you right here at this point of the message, what do you believe the posture of God is toward you today? I think in the COVID times, uh, it's made greetings way weirder than they have ever been, right? I was greeting Aaron over here uh, between services, and, and I like put my hand out, and then he did a fist, and so then I did a fist, and then he did a hand, and then we were like, and our greeting looked like this. Hey, like that, right? You're always judging, like, okay, what are people up for in this time? Uh, you're wondering, like, you see somebody you haven't seen for a long time. You don't kind of know where they're at with this stuff. You know, at the supermarket, and you see them, and you're like, hey, and you're each, you know what I'm talking about, right? You're each, like, kind of, like, I don't want to go for the hug if they're not going to go for the hug, because that's going to be weird if I go for the hug, and then they handshake, or they, you know, or if they're, if they're backing off, and they're, you know, are we waving? Hey, you know, and then we end up doing finger guns or something like that. You're like, hey, buckaroo, you know, good to, you know, hey, hang 10, you know, like, I don't know. Picks up miners, go, like, I don't know. And we're constantly in a split second judging what's their posture toward us. And I think for so many of us, as we come to the Lord in prayer, as we come to him in his word, even as we walk in the doors of a church and start singing, we wonder what God's posture is toward us. And for some of you, maybe you've even repented of sin, but your guilt continues to dog you, or you feel a deep shame for something that you have done. And your feeling is that the Lord stands there with his arms folded, shaking his head. I think the Lord just gave me this image of someone coming to the Lord, and their picture of God is him with arms folded, shaking his head at them. And you feel a perennial disappointment to God. And I think today, son or daughter of Jesus, if you have trusted in Christ for your sins, if you have believed on him as faith, if you have leaned fully on him for salvation, his posture toward you is not folded arms and a shaking head. It is an open embrace. It is him answering you, all that you ask, I will do. If you come to him and you say, Father, Lord, would you cover my sins? All of it I will do. Would you cover my shame? I feel, I can't, if I get, get beyond this, all that you ask I will do. Will you protect me from the raging storms of my life? All that you ask I will do. As scripture says, every promise in scripture has its yes and amen in Jesus. And so through Christ, we see even more clearly than Ruth and Naomi did in Boaz. We see the redeemer, the true and greater Boaz, answering every one of our requests. Would you be my shepherd? Would you save me? Would you restore me? Would you give me new life? Would you give me a future and a hope? And we're asking for far beyond what we should ask. And his answer to it all is, I will do it all to it all. Brother, sister, I, I just have a burden for you. See the Lord's posture toward you today. It is not perennial frustration and disappointment. It is embrace. It is you. It is him bringing you under the shield, under his wings, into the refuge. Now, some of you that may be struggling um, because I had three points. I'm not going to get to them all. I'm just doing two. The second point I want to continue with is I think for some folks, the difficulty is trying to match, okay, if, if that's true, it doesn't feel true in my life right now. Meaning like God's, you say, you're telling me God's posture is leaning toward me, but it doesn't feel like that right now. 
it feels like there's a lot left. You know, I'm asking God for peace, and I have a little bit of peace, but my life is a wreck. It doesn't feel like the peace of the shalom of God is everywhere in my life. I'm asking for healing. I'm still hurt. I'm still dealing with this, and I'm not healed yet. I mean, you've got an area in your life you're struggling because you feel like, look, I do see something of the kindness of God. I see it on the cross. I see it in Jesus dying for me. But the circumstances of my life still feel unfinished. And that's why I think this story is so beautiful. Verse 14 says this. So she laid his feet until the morning, but arose before one could recognize another. And he said, let it not be known that the woman came to the threshing floor. Now, side note, Boaz is not trying to cover up something that happened here. He's essentially trying to protect Ruth. He says, I don't want you to walk midnight, you know, down the Bethlehem streets at midnight in the time of the judges. And when you leave, though, I don't want people to get the wrong impression. So this is the way that I'm going to do this. And verse 15, and he said, bring the garment you're wearing and hold it out. So she held it and he measured out six measures of barley and put it on her. Now, you're probably wondering, what is six measures of barley? It's not like six pounds, okay? Six measures of barley, the estimate is 60 to 80 pounds of grain, right? His precious grain that he's just harvested. And two things we learned from this. One is that Ruth is pretty buff. I mean, she's working all day in the fields, and then this dude hands her an 80-pound sack of grain. Ruth's CrossFit classes have been paying off if she throws that on her back and walks home. So is this a biblical argument for girls doing CrossFit? I don't know, you make the judgment, but this is what she does. Second thing you learn is this, that Boaz gives her a down payment on the fulfillment of his promise. This is enough food for a year. Is this everything he promised Ruth? No, it's not everything. Is it a lot? Yeah, it is. Is it enough for her to, to, to feel that? For, imagine her walking through the doors, we'll see in a minute, to Naomi, and she's been carrying this thing, and she drops it on the floor, and the grain spills out all over the hovel, the small home that they're probably in. And Naomi knows this is a down payment. He will not rest until the promise is fulfilled. And church, that is the Advent season for us. Advent means arrival, and in the Advent season, we remember the first coming of Jesus Christ, and in his first coming, oh, church, did he leave a down payment. But we also look forward to the second arrival of Christ. Longman and Garland, uh, two commentators, say this, believers presently enjoy salvation's first fruits, but must await salvation's full outworking. We live in the already and not yet and look to the Lord's second coming when, he, when God will resolve all remaining tension and consummate his every promise. In the meantime, our Redeemer encourages us by giving us a pledge. Boaz graciously guarantees his oath with six measures of barley, but the Lord Jesus guarantees his oath by giving us the Holy Spirit. God's gift of the Spirit demonstrates his trustworthiness and serves as the down payment of our inheritance until we obtain full possession of it. Moreover, Jesus grants his church the sacraments as tangible seals of his grace, and these demonstrable confirmations of Christ's loving kindness or Christ's mercy, uh, Christ, yeah, loving kindness, Christ's mercy, strengthen us amid life's murky ambiguities to keep entrusting 
ourselves to God's sovereign care and choose to lead lives of love. We can, I love this line, we can take him at his word and wait for the morning when he will resolve all complication. Church, see this. See all of this. See the light. Every light is a promise that the light of the world has come and the light will one day fully dawn. See the promise of God sending his son to us and the fulfillment, the fullness of it in God's son returning for us. When Jesus says, I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. And so right now, here's the good news. Here's the good news. We have right now, if you are in Christ, the presence of God through the Holy Spirit in your heart. That God has come not just to a manger, but to your heart. That is insane. In the Old Testament realities, that would be unheard of. That you would, you would go not just to the outer court, not just the inner court, not just inside the temple, but to the Holy of Holies and bring the Holy of Holies around with you. That is what Christ has done sending the spirit into our hearts. But that is just a down payment. So right now, the spirit brings peace and it brings hope and it brings fullness and it brings fulfillment. But one day it will bring, Jesus will bring it fully when all that there is will be peace. All that there is will be new life. All that there is will be restoration. So Christian, if you struggle to feel, well, I feel God leaning toward me, but does he lean fully? Yes, he does. And every advent is a down payment. It's him saying, yes, do you see the sun? Do you see me come? I will come again. I mean, by uh, sharing a quote from Corey Ten Boom, or attributed to her. Nobody knows if she actually said this, but it's so good that I would own it if, it, if I was Corey Ten Boom. She says this, never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. In this moment, this is the end, of this, the end of chapter three, and it ends with this twist, right? It ends, it's that part of the Hallmark movie where for some reason, the two people that you know should be together that have already baked cookies and gone look at the nights in New York together, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're supposed to be together, but there's some complication. There's some, oh no, what, but you, oh, you, had a, you have a secret fiance, or you know, some, some weird thing happens, and you're like, oh no, and so the one of them leaves, and they're going to the airport, and you're like, no, you've got to get to the airport, and then the person decides, no, I'm going to go after her, and they, they're running into the airport, they're going through security, and, and you're like, come on, you got to make Right, that's chapter three. That's the end of chapter three, where Boaz says, I'm coming, but, but there is a problem. I got it resolved, right? That's the moment we live in. <laughs> but the good news is, we already know the end of the story. Ruth chapter three and the tension there speaks to the fact that in the Christian life, there will be these moments where you're like, I see the Lord, I see, he's right there, he's promised to do these things, but what about this complication? Every Christian story ends in Ruth chapter four, not Ruth chapter three. Every Christian story ends with the full expression, not just the down payment, but the full expression of the kindness of God. Hope in God, oh my soul, he is strong and he is strong. Thanks for being a part of Better News Radio, a ministry of Cross of Grace Church in El Paso, Texas. Pastor Ricky has been focusing on the birth of Jesus this Christmas season. There was nothing ordinary about Jesus coming into the world. He wasn't even born in a decent room, but in a barn among livestock. And yet Bethlehem was where the plan of God started, the plan to save mankind from themselves, from sin 
As we enjoy all of the festivities and goodies that come with the season, remember that underneath it all, we celebrate a miracle of saving grace. For more information about this ministry or about what you've heard today, feel free to send us an email at radio at betternewsradio.com. If you prefer, you can call us at 915-562-7100. We'd love to hear from you, and we'd be happy to help you. Again, that number is 915-562-7100. You can also learn more about Better News Radio, Cross of Grace Church, and Pastor Ricky, all at our website, betternewsradio.com. All of Pastor Ricky's messages through the Bible are available to listen or download for free at betternewsradio.com. Just click on the radio tab. If you don't see what you're looking for on the homepage, just click one of the navigational links to find more details about everything that you need to grow in your faith. Once more, that's betternewsradio.com. We also encourage you to look for us on Facebook. Thanks for listening. We hope you'll join us again next time for more from Pastor Ricky and Better News Radio.